So Rabbi Yishal and I are very close. We're like brothers. Because the Gemara says that um, the Talmidim Kriyim Bonim, the Pasuk says, Vishnantam Levanecha. So the Talmidim are called children. And the Rebbe is called the Av. So we're like brothers. We have the same Rebbe. Rabbi Shal had a special close relationship. I also was Aichetu enough that we can be called brothers by all means. And that makes that uh, relationship with all of you, I'm like your uncle. So I'm like a long lost uncle that's coming you know, after many years to give you a very, very great gift to sort of make up for all the time that we haven't been together. But it's not an ordinary gift. This is a very, very special kind of a gift because I did a lot of research in our family history and in Swiss bank records and Iranian bank records. used to be called Persian bank records. And I discovered that our family is in possession that's concealed in these banks millions and millions of dollars. And each one of us is a multi-millionaire. Multi-multi-millionaire. The trick is only how to get control of the money. <clears throat> That's not a simple matter. The, the Swiss and, and the Iranians are not ready to give it up so fast. But I have a plan. <clears throat> and we're all going to work at it together. This, this afternoon, with Hashem's help, it will be successful. What is this going to require in your part? A little focus for about 20 more minutes, and also a little acting skill. Because sometimes, you know, to get into places where you need to go, you have to be able to play the role. You know what it means to be an actor. You have to really live the part. You have to come to tears when it's called for. You certainly have to experience the joy when the part calls for it. You have to live it. So there'll be a place that will be indicated where you have to bring your acting skill into action. And that hopefully will break through to access the millions that are there for us. Okay, so we're going to start with, an amazingly, that this plan starts with learning together a little medrash at the end of Parshas Bo. And there will be a point where I'm going to pause briefly to let you think about a question or two before we proceed, so be ready for that. The medrash at the end of Parshas Bo talks about the midst of tefillin, which we do every day, and we used to do all day. Nowadays, it's limited to davening. It used to be all day long. And the Torah describes it as a sign on our hand and on our head and describes it as totephis, which means the crown. What is this all about? So the Medrash says that when your son will ask you what are all these mitzvahs about, you should tell him the nisim, the miracles that Hashem did when he took us out of Mitzrayim. And the Medrash gives the following mushal 
to explain this, to try to understand what this is all about. Said there was a king who had a daughter, crown princess, who was captured by the king's enemies. The king's daughter was captured. And the king saved her, gathered his forces, went into battle, got her out. And then he made a great celebration, great party to celebrate, to give expression to that, uh, that joy, that indescribable joy. And at the party he said to his daughter, take this simcha, this joy, this celebration that I made for you and make it into a crown so that you will never forget it. And of course, simply that would mean to take the gold, the silver, golden goblets, silver goblets, diamonds, rubies, jewels that are strewn all over the table and collect them and bring them to the best craftsman that the kingdom has and have them made into a crown. She will be choosing what has to be used to make it into a crown for herself to never forget the joy of this celebration of that salvation that he did for her. And so to Hashem said to Bnei Yisrael, make for yourselves a crown, tefillin called totevis, a lushen of a ornament of the ornament of glory, so that you should never forget the salvation of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And you know, the job of putting, making tefillin is quite a job. Takes writing the parshiyos, takes making the bottom, and then of course we wear it. How does that sound so far? Everything good? Everybody happy? Any problems? Okay, if I gave you enough time, I think you might find a problem or two. But you know, we don't have. I'm not allowed to be here with you all day, so I'll try to you know speed things up a little bit. I have. Two, maybe three questions. Okay, our remembering Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, not so difficult. We weren't actually there. He didn't suffer. We tried to remember it. We tried to imagine what it was like, able to feel the, the kindness of Hashem taking us out. But it wasn't a personal suffering. Imagine yourself having been captured in captivity, fearing for your life, and then being rescued. I remember the mice of Entebbe. Are you, is it so simple to want to remember it? On the one hand, yes, the great salvation. But on the other hand, it brings back a lot of painful memories, maybe almost traumatic being, being captured, being at risk for who knows what, worst, worst experience. So is it so simple that the daughter of the king wants to even remember this? That's one question. Is anybody, is anybody here that that's the question? Anybody with me? Anybody disagree with the question? 
Okay, you hold that, then we'll come back. <laughs> I want to get everything, but we have to be brief. That's one question. A second question. You know, there are a lot of ways to remember something. You could remember something with a beautiful plaque on the wall. You could remember something with a nice bracelet, with a ring, with a necklace. A crown represents the honor of royalty. An ordinary citizen doesn't wear a crown. This year, for the first time, I'm hearing the Megillah, and Haman says they should give him a crown that the king wore. I couldn't believe my ears. Like, how could anybody in their right mind want to have the audacity to wear the crown of the king? to see the Mepharshim about that. But the crown represents the glory of royalty. So she was captured. She was saved. Wonderful. Great salvation. Great gratitude. Great joy. How does that represent her greatness as the crown princess? How does that show? What is, this, what is about this salvation that she should thereby, that it should be proper to make this into the crown that represents who she is as a daughter of the king. She's a daughter of the king, fine. But, but if, she, if she's worthy of a crown, she's worthy of a crown. How is this salvation, remembering this, this joy, to be what is the, the, the substance of her crown of, of royalty, of greatness? How does that sound? Okay. And the third question is that very simply, a mushal, as beautiful as it might be, is not given by Chazal just to help us feel good about the beautiful ideas of the Torah. They're given by Chazal to help us understand something that is so lofty, that is so almost beyond our reach, that we can only understand it through the mushal. So what is that, in this case, that needs the mushal? Shem saved B'nai Yisrael from Mitzrayim. We were slaves. We were captives. He took us out. He saved us. He provided for us. He's caring for us. He wants us to remember all his, all his miracles. Wonderful. Where, where is the mushal of the king saving his daughter coming in to teach us something that we can only understand through this mushal? Is that making sense to you, Baisai? Okay. A mushal member, take this as a rule. Whenever you see a mushal of Chazal in the Medrash, even in the Chovetz Lavavos, in the Chovetz Chaim, it's coming to teach you a concept that needs the mushal to grasp it because otherwise it's out of reach. Okay. Here's where the acting starts. There's some things in Torah that we can only understand it when we live it. And amazingly, sometimes you have to start by living it. Then we can come to understand it. <laughs> okay, you are now the crown princess. 
and you are in a dungeon that happens to be located in the wall of the fortified city where your father's enemies have imprisoned you. Okay, what are you thinking? What are you hoping? What are you wishing? You're thinking, is my father going to send the army to save me? Or when? When is the army going to come? When is my father going to send the cavalry to get me out? And there's one very tiny crack, not even a window, a crack in the wall where you could see out through that fortified wall out of the of the city. And of course, you're every morning before the light comes up, you're standing, you're getting on, standing on the bed, looking through that crack, hoping, wishing, waiting, shuddering what might happen if they don't get here in time. And one morning you start hearing thunder. Sounds like thunder. But you're looking, starting to get light a little bit. The sky is clear. There's no, there are no clouds in the sky. Okay, what is that thunder? Listen carefully. It's not thunder. It's hoofbeats. And as the, the sun starts coming up, you see army of a thousand horsemen charging at the city, carrying an enormous battering ram. And you're looking to see which general is leading the charge. Is it the general of the cavalry? Is it the general of the entire armed forces? And then you see, no, it's not the general of the cavalry. It's not the general of the armed forces. Abba, Father, the King is leading the charge. The King is leading the charge to save his daughter. The King is risking his life to save his daughter. Oh, that's when you discover who you are. You are the crown princess who is worthy that the king should save, who should risk his life to save. The king can't just risk his life because it's his daughter. The king doesn't have the right to do that. A proper king doesn't do that. He cannot put his country at risk just because his own child is in danger. It's only because she is worthy of being saved. You are worthy of being saved by your father because you have everything that the king contains within him to carry it forward for the next generation and the next generation. Because the crown princess has within her the wisdom, the compassion, the loyalty, the justice, the humility, the devotion to the people that she will give to whichever country she becomes the queen of, 
or if she has no brother, to her own country. To give it, to continue it. She's worthy of being saved by the king. That's when she discovers who she is. That's worthy of remembering every day. That's when she knows that she is a true princess that's worthy of wearing a crown to then be prepared to be a queen and whose son will be able to be a true king. Now, if you think I'm taking this a little far, <coughs> could this really be the intention of Hazal? Well, we have a medrash that talks about what it means when Hashem took Klal Yisrael out of Mitzrayim. As we say in the Haggadah, Lo de Malach, Lo de Saraf, Lo de Shaliach. Is this a simple thing? That Hashem is Kavyach, we don't even know what it means. Coming by himself into the tomb of Mitzrayim. The Medrash says that only Hashem, Kadesh Vitar, can, in a sense, overcome his Kedusha, pass over his Kedusha. Why? Because he promised to Yaakov Avinu, Anoichi Eirid Imcha Mitzrayimah. And the Chesam Sefer in his Pirish on Echel Mi'edeya says that for Hashem to enter into Memta Shari Tumah, that's, that's a paladic thing. Echel Mi'edeya, only Hashem could do this, and he did it berina besimcha, to take Klau Yisrael out. So what does that mean? If it's just a promise, it doesn't have a place in the Medrash. Not just that Hashem made a promise. Hashem made the promise because the Bnei Yaakov are worthy of that. They are about to become the Am Hashem. Maral and Haggadah says that's why Hashem d- does it himself. Because it cannot be through somebody else. Hashem is taking Kalashal to be the nation that's miyuchad to him. That to become his nation. To be the nation who is fitting, who is worthy to be the nation of Hashem. This has to be done by Hashem. It's proper to be done by Hashem. But even though it's Mitzrayim, yes, Hashem will go to Mitzrayim. Whatever that means. We can't even know what that means. Hashem is not affected by anything. But it would be impossible for such a thing if not for the fact that it's for this purpose of Klal Yisrael becoming Hashem's nation as He promised to Yaakov Avinu. And Ramban says in, in Vaischanan that the reason why Klal Yisrael are so beloved to Hashem is because we have within us the quality that makes us fitting to be beloved, to receive that love, which is what? That we are chatzufim. We gave Hashem our word, we accepted the Torah, and it's forever. We don't back down on it. We don't go back on it. All the attempts in history to force Klaushal to convert other religions were essentially unsuccessful because Klaushal has that quality of commitment and are thereby worthy of being the Amashem. So how could we know this? How can we feel this? How can we live with this? Says the Torah, make for yourself a crown to know who you are. And this relates to every single individual. Every single Jew is worthy, represents the Klal Yisrael, who is worthy of being saved by Hashem Himself 
from Mitzrayim. And the only way to understand it is through this mashal of the king risking his life for his daughter. Can we believe that there should be a Torah where the Melech Malchem Lochem, Hashem himself, describes his relationship with his people as a king putting his life in danger for his daughter. Well, we could believe it because this is what's in the Medrash. No person could possibly make it up. It can only be Nimsar from Ebershot to Moshe through Chazal to us. That then the closeness of Hashem to Klal Yisrael is so close. The only way we can understand it is that we are the princess that the Melech is risking his life to save. And she is worthy of it. Why is she worthy of it? Because she has all that of the king within her. What will be her next step after that celebration? What do you think will happen next? After that celebration and after she's, she's, she's given that crown and makes that crown and begins to wear that crown, what will she do next? What do you think would be the next step? Once again, you're the princess. You've gone through all this. You've been shown all this. You are feeling this. You are feeling your true greatness. What, what, what's your next step? I think you would come to your father and say, Father, Abba, teach me more. Teach me how to be more like you. Teach me more how to be the, the greatest queen, greatest progenitor of a of a lineage that I could possibly be? What can you teach me to help me to understand how to truly be a queen? How to teach my son to be a king? And the father will say, yes, I'll teach you. You have to come into my private chamber. I'll teach you a secret that's, that's the nation was not yet ready to learn. They were still first getting on their feet, becoming a worthy people. But when you will be the queen, when your son will be a king, they will be ready to receive this. And in that, in that proper day, she comes in to his inner, most private chamber. He says to her, the secret to be a queen the secret to be a king is that you teach the people that while at the same time you are the queen, while at the same time that your son is the king, every single member of the kingdom is your closest, best, most beloved friend. And everything that they do in life is able to increase and enhance and strengthen that closeness, that relationship. Every single person in your kingdom is your friend. And they can be made to feel that. That with all the greatness that you have as the king, as the queen, 
every single member of the kingdom is also the king's, as if there would be only and best friend. And how do we know this? Because when the Ger asked Hillel, teach me the whole Torah on one foot, and Shammai said it's impossible, Hillel said, yes, I could teach you. I could teach you. There is one principle that encompasses the entirety of the Torah. That is, be your beloved, devoted friend to Hashem as He is to you. Shem calls Kal Yisrael, Achai v'reyai, Rebbein B'chai says. The Pasuk says in Mishlein, Re'acha v'reya v'icha al tazayif. Teach your subjects. They're not just lowly, devoted, even respected subjects. They are able to be so close to you. How can they be close to you the same way that you are close to me? By following these ways, by acquiring these characteristics, by learning to be kind, compassionate, just, devoted, and perhaps most of all, humble and loving. Then you'll be a queen. Then your entire nation will be a nation of kings. That's what Claudius was designed to be. Defined to be a Melechas Kayanim, a nation that's all kings, all leaders, all able to be defined by the Torah as we are, as Hashem's beloved friends. And then everything in the Torah is just turning closer, coming closer, trying to come closer. Are there challenges? Are there barriers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are challenges, there are barriers. They're all part of the plan. From the biggest to the smallest. Because as the morale explains, when there's a challenge, when there's a barrier, and you overcome it, and you come close to the person, or in Torah to Hashem, then you really come close. And then you really discover how close you are, that you're able to overcome that challenge and that barrier and come close to the other person. So this is the whole Torah. Will and result be the greatest closeness for eternity that will be enjoyed even in this world. Is there any multimillionaire that could have even the slightest fraction of that kind of a feeling of carrying within them, upon them, the honor, the glory of being the best friend of the king for whom he risks his life, his daughter, his best friend for whom he risks his life? No multimillionaire has that. We all have that. All we need is just a couple of extra minutes in the morning before we start the Mitzvah's filling to go back in the dungeon and look out for that crack and see our Father coming to save us. Thank you very much.